And now, this week's edition of Big Face with your host, Samantha Jane Tilton. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Face. I'm your host, Sammy Jane Tilton, and my guest today, the one and only, John O'Connor. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Pause. He's a comedian and podcaster that is, uh, came all the way from uh, two feet away from me. I'm looking at the computer, but he's actually right in front of me. This is the first live podcast that I've done during quarantine, sir. <laughs> it's it's really hard because I can't tell when you're talking to your viewers or me. Literally, guys, just if you look, this is where you guys are. Here's the screen. This is him. You, him, you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, um, John Joseph O'Connor is a comedian and a podcaster. He created his podcast called Spectacular Show Pod, well, Spectacular Show, which is available where? Just tell people. It's available. It should be available everywhere except for Stitcher. I don't know. I had some trouble getting it up there, but it should That's be everywhere else. Um, oh. So, <laughs> oh, so. I'm like two minutes in, I'm I, ED jokes. <laughs> I was, uh, I was very lucky and fortunate enough to be on John's podcast uh, a few times now, but just the other day um, we did, uh, we, we watched and talked about uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which yes. I'm trying not to look at you guys. I know it's going to be weird if my eyeline is totally off. So I'm going to try and look at him only on the computer as, as if he does not live here with me. Like a border. <laughs> so, um, yes. So uh, this person, John O'Connor, is somebody that this is episode number thirty-three, and John O'Connor is one of, if not the reason that I did this uh, podcast. So we will get into that. But I, he is such an awesome, special person that I wanted to have on the show. Um, but I kind of wanted it to be a special time and why not just any time? Because we literally live in a studio apartment together this entire time during quarantine. Um, he's also my boyfriend, FYI. So he's not just like a cat that I took in. Uh, (laughs) So how are you doing? I'm doing great. This nice guy, he's, he kind of, I don't know if he threw out your back. What'd you do? I don't know what I did. I, well, no, I do know what I did yesterday. For my podcast, I recorded a like six hour marathon of episodes, but I didn't move for that whole time, more or less. So I was just kind of leaning forward on the couch for six hours and now my back and hips hurt. And I, uh, and I always tell him don't, cause he works from home now. And I'm like, don't work from the couch. I feel like it's bad for your body to hunch over. Um, it's like everything that's wrong with- It's definitely horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. But now we're just too old to be able to handle it. That's the difference. I told you last night when I was laying on the floor and yeah. stretching out and I said, I'm getting old, babe. And then I went, oh, that's actually like, I've said that a bunch of times in my life as a joke. Last night was the first time I meant it. Yeah. I'm like 40 and now I just, my back hurts and it's just like, oh gosh, already 40. As, uh, and 40 is young. I think we just got to not work from the couch. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. Maybe we can work from the closet or the kitchen counter. <laughs> no joke, guys. We literally have one desk that 
folds out from the wall. It's a studio apartment. It's it's a big studio apartment, but still it's a studio apartment. So we have a desk anyway. So that's that's the the lay, you know, the lay of the land here. There's so much that I want to talk to you about, even though we never stop talking every single day. Thanks. And yes. <laughs> we wake up in the morning and I'm like, morning time. And I'm like, da, 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 da. he's like, babe, I need a little time to wake up. <laughs> even when I'm not awake. She'll just be like, beep, 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 beep. And I wake up and she's like, oh, are you awake? Now? Yes, I am. So I started writing the description for John's episode before. <laughs> You're just laughing. <laughs> so I started writing the description before. And I guess because I love him, uh, I was very generous with long-winded sentences, like giving his entire life Nobody story. Nobody would have read that. Nobody. <laughs> it was five paragraphs long. It, it wasn't. Which I appreciate. Yes. But also. Uh, you know when, uh, I don't know if you guys are like. Let's sum it up. He, he, I got to say, so this guy, as what he does for work, proofreads like a maniac. And it's so good. So anytime I've ever like, how would I say this? Or if I have like six pages, he's like. Doo, 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 doo. And like three sentences later, he's like, there you go. And I'm just like, how? He's like brilliant at it. It's bananas. But um there what was i gonna say so because there's so much i want to say and john did stand-up uh comedy in mostly new england correct that's right for how long did you do that john um it was on and off since 2003 and at some point you moved here to new york to do it i did yeah and what happened? Um, did you do it? Did you feel like doing it? I did it, but also I just, it was hard. Two things happened. One, it was hard to go from, uh, to start over at the bottom and the very, very, very bottom. To be like a comedian that gets paid to headline some stand-up clubs, but like clubs in Boston and, you know, Providence or, or wherever, where, you know, I was like headlining comedy shows. I was getting paid to do 45 minutes or an hour. And then you move to New York and you're, you know, unless you have an in, you got to go start at mics and meet people and stuff. And it just sucked to go from paid shows, you know, almost every weekend to, all right, you got four minutes and no one is here or they all leave or, and that's not every show in, in, in the city. So I didn't really give it very much of a go when I got here. And then it wasn't long after I got here that I started a job on the overnight shift, which I still did some shows, but it, it really, it really changed everything with my relationship with comedy because before when I worked a day job, I had shows to look forward to at night. So you go to work and you're like, oh, this sucks. But tonight I got a show and I can, I'm going to see these people I know and like, and hopefully the crowd will, will like me and, you know, I'll get to hang out with my friends, some of them, right? And it was this very, even if you bombed, it was still like, all right, I had a chance to go do something I liked though. But if you did great, then it was just great. And you had this nice feeling and enjoyable experience. But then working the overnight, then it became this thing where I was waking up, getting ready, going
going to do a show before I did anything else, doing the show and then going to work. So it was this really, there was just like a no win thing where you would go do a show and if you bombed, then you bombed and then you had to go to work. But then if you went to the show and you did well, it was great, but then you couldn't really enjoy yourself because then you had to go to work. So it was not, it was not ideal for me. And I just fell into this pattern of working all the time and not doing anything else. And when you work that overnight shift, your life is over. It's you're, you're done because there's no, you never know what day it is. Cause you go in on Wednesday, you get out on Thursday, but everybody else is calling it Thursday. You know, like you ne I never knew what day of the week it was for like four or five years, uh, for like four years. And it was exhausting because anytime you had to do anything in the real world, go bring this form to whatever, uh, the doctor or go do this thing. It was like, you'd work all night, then you'd stay up, then you'd go straight to the doctor if you could, then get back on the train, then go home. Then Ugh. it was just gross. And I mean, it afforded, it afforded me to, to live here, but I just, I just, just fell out of it. I also kind of, it didn't bring me the same, um, it was very ego driven for me when I was younger. And I, <laughs> I thought I was really great and I was not, but uh, I think that's a lot of community. I think you kind of have to have that because no, almost nobody is good when they start. You have to just go. And when I say good, I'm not saying you can't do well. You can do well, but there's a difference between being pretty good at it and then having a good set, you know, like in baseball, if a rookie comes out of the minor league and they come up and they go four for four with four home runs on their first day, it's like, wow, this, this player is amazing. But then if the rest of the year, they bat 200, like nobody cares about the first day. It doesn't, and it doesn't mean you're that good. Like that's just how well you've done, but you gotta, I don't know. You gotta be honest with yourself. And it, it, it was hard to do that for a long time with stand up because it, I felt I felt like it, uh, it was a lot of self-validation, mm. but it just wasn't, over time, it, it just wasn't that same feeling for me all the time. And it became this thing where there were a lot of nights where it was like, oh, I got to go do the show. And <sighs> you didn't feel like it, you know, whereas five years before that, it was like, oh, I got I a show tonight. It's like, where is it? It's in like a dumpster behind <laughs> a rotted out 7-Eleven that's not even open. Like, nice. How many people, you know, <laughs> you just didn't, you didn't care. You were, you couldn't wait to get up there. And I'm not saying I, I don't still sometimes get excited if I have a show or whatever, but uh, yeah, since then I've, I've kind of fallen out of it. I feel like it's hard to, I, you see this for me whenever I have a self tape. Uh, I'm an actor and I love to act guys, anybody that's listened to me before. Uh, but as soon as I have a self tape and like it has to be done and there's this pressure and I got to set up and I'm not feeling well and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I have a self tape due and I have to like pause and remember like, oh, I actually love this. Like I, what's the one thing that you tell me every time I have a self tape? It's well, one that you love and when it's done, you're always happy and that you, I just tell you to have fun with it and enjoy it. 
that's he'll be like i'll be stressed about something and, he, and then he goes babe you always tell me to remind you have fun and it's like i feel like that's yeah when it becomes something that is not feeling fun and i don't know it's hard to it's hard to keep doing that yeah it's really hard to keep doing something you're not interested in and it's not that i'm completely lost interest in it either it's just that it's just not the same thing anymore but it's i was gonna say but it's not that you've completely lost interest because no. so since john and i have been together you started your podcast you started spectacular show mm -hmm. and he is so it's so funny guys so uh john knows this but when my brother met john uh he's like that guy's brain he's got a brain for comedy like my he's I love how I'm speaking about you like you're not here but he's so quick with like it's just my my brother my brother loves comedy he has like the utmost respect he's like thinks it's an unbelievable art form and so when he met John we were at dinner and John was just like it's not even you're not even big about it you're not in your face it's just your mind is quick and says it and my brother his face when he talks to John he's just like wow Wow, like out loud, he says that. He's just like, wow, that guy. I don't think I'm that impressive. <laughs> you, <laughs> I know you don't, don't, which is part of what makes you that much more impressive. Uh, your brain is your, I mean. I do have, a, I do have a, a predisposition, I guess, to like try to, I don't even think about it. I'm just, if something jumps out, I'm like trying to get to the joke. I can hear it. KB says that too, but anybody that gets to know you at all is like, and it's just, it's, it's always with John. It's always that like, thrown out comment right after this whole thing happened and everybody's just going along with it. And John will just walk by and go, da, da, da. And it's like this simple comment that like cracks everybody up that didn't even realize there was this hysterical thing going on or know how to even see it, that it was funny. And like, it's a, it's a gift. It, it's a real I'm, gift. I'm, I'm very gifted. <laughs> like, and you're, so this is something that I've been saying to John recently um your podcast mm -hmm. what does that consist of for you what do you do for your show <clears throat> the podcast has changed form since i started it so the long and short of it was i started it and i wanted it to be a fake late night show which is how i started it and like six or eight weeks into that my computer broke which set me back like two or two and a half months then when i finally got back to it uh, it wasn't long before COVID hit, and so I fell out of the entire thing because I'm like, well, I can't go interview people because I used to go to people to interview them, not realizing, you know, you could do it over Zoom or whatever. Um, but the other thing is, is, you know, making it a fake late night show, it's like I do a monologue and then I have to edit in laughs and claps and um sound effects and then i record fake advertisements for the show and it's just silly like i don't i i don't tr i try to make it funny but i don't try to make it a, a comedy podcast i just try to make it entertaining and it doesn't matter how dumb it is or how silly it is i just try to make it silly and at least fun that's a, overall the thing i like the most about it is making it fun but the thing is when i came back to doing it i knew that I couldn't sustain what was going on before just because it took too much time to create every episode. How much time, like for real? Cause 
I don't know if anybody understands, like to do a podcast, it takes so much time, depending on what you do also, right? There's not only the podcast itself when you're recording, it's the research or thing that you did before. Like, uh, for example, John just did one recently that was about a video game. Mm -hmm. And how many hours did that take you to play the video game before you even started the interview? Mm -hmm. With the with using a guide for the video game, it still took me like almost forty hours. What game? It was. It was Final Fantasy VI, which is like a twenty-five-year-old game. Right. So yeah, I had to play the game and then interview my friend who was cool enough to play this game, and then we interviewed for like six hours because it's like a forty-hour game, Uh, and then I still have to like go back and edit all that stuff and put in comedy stuff or funny stuff or whatever. So it takes a long time. I mean, especially with the monologue, it used to take a long time because I had to write the jokes, perform the jokes, edit the laughs and the claps into the jokes, um, edit fake ads, have an interview with someone. And then I always would try to have a fake guest on and the fake guest took forever because (laughs) I had to do the voice and do all the lines and then edit all the laughs and the claps. And it just took a very long time. So when I brought it back, I, I did a similar thing and it's still silly and zany. And eventually I would like to go back to like at least the monologue opening, which I have not done for a while, but now I just lately I've been doing themed months where the first month I came back, I did indie video games month and I had some people on that played some indie video games. And uh, for this month is December, we're doing a bunch of uh, holiday stuff we're doing eight days of the goldbergs for hanukkah and we have some other stuff coming up rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is coming up and a crossover with our friends at movies in the buff a podcast that you know those guys you've had john dreyer on here yeah uh, and our friend brett bolton he also is a co-host so we've Great got some guys, stuff coming up for, as well yeah those guys are awesome um so it's basically just an entertainment show but the thing is i get it because it's kind of limiting when i say like, oh, I'm going to do an interview about Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> if you don't know that game, you're not probably not interested in it, but that's what I'm looking for. I want to like, I want to f- find this outlet for people to just geek out about stuff. Cause that's the thing. I always want to talk about all of these things that I like or liked even as a kid, but I don't, there's no one to talk to about them. So I've tried to start scheduling talks. Nerd sessions. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Well, we just, uh, it's funny because we, John and I, like he just mentioned, uh, he's doing uh, Eight Days of the Goldbergs. So if you haven't seen the Goldbergs, um, it's- Why have you not? Yeah, it is. I I introduced John to it. Having grown up a Jew, uh, how could you turn away from a show called the Goldbergs? You know, that's as Jewy as it gets. Uh, But it's such a great show, whether you were Jewish or not, like it, it became one of John's favorite shows, right? completely and so much i love that it's 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 so great but one of the things that we were just talking about on on some of john's episodes is um (laughs) we both just uh by the way if you just saw us glance over charles xavier one of my cats uh just woke up after sleeping for about 17 hours and was like it was like my food (laughs) should we do a pause and and give charles his food he's got food 
he's staring at John right now. Yeah. So John was he's like, yeah, feed me, dude. He must be so tired. He slept for 17 hours because he's so tired from being up all night, waking us waking up every up. five minutes. I know. And Storm's over here, just like passed out right next to us. Oh. So anyway, so it's, <laughs> John's like, <laughs> I love them, but you know, yeah, they've been keeping us up. So lately. it's, it's been, it's been tough. So, uh, so one of the things that we were talking about on the Goldbergs is mm-hmm. about Adam, who is one of the characters, we won't say too much because we don't want to spoil anything, but Adam, and sure. he's a kid who is a kid of the 80s and mm-hmm. he loves his toys. He loves his nerdy movies and um, and their grandpa pops pushes them to stay true to being a kid and to not care what other people think. And we had a whole talk about that for the podcast. And we always talk about that, about doing what you love and screwing what everybody else thinks. And I feel like that's a hard thing. So, yeah, I feel like it's also a new phenomenon within the last like 20 years or so, because if you 30 years ago, if you were a person that dressed up in a costume and went to Comic-Con, you were like a freak, right? like there was something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, but it turns out there are lots of people who like to do that stuff. And it was just no one could do it because they were picked on or ridiculed or whatever. But I think with, I think with the internet and social media and podcasts and you name it, with everybody being connected, it gives everybody this, it's easier to go find stuff you want. It also makes it easier to create your own stuff. So if you want to go find someone that dresses up in star Wars clothes and hangs out and does i don't know star wars stuff you can do that there are groups for that i'm sure um so i think that that's changed a lot because it's taken people's interests and it's allowed them to grow i was just thinking about something that you said to somebody recently and this has to do with so john uh openly loves ninja turtles Uh, yeah like it's upsetting I should not, the number of times I've stopped the conversation to be like, but babe, just listen. So Donatello, blah, 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 and she just goes like, mm, she's like, is interested. I am. So nice. He, yeah. We've had like, uh, during quarantine, they had like a, what did they have? Like the the first movie script reading? Is that what they had? Oh yeah. They had the original cast of the movie. The original cast. Did like back in March, they did the 30th, I think it's the 30th year because it came out in 1990. So they did the 30th anniversary of the movie they did like a table read via zoom and we had a little pizza party for it we did we had a pizza party and it was uh, cool it wasn't like amazing but it was cool to see it's cool to see because and because he loves it and you know what i love so he when we moved in together he had all these action figures like especially ninja turtles like a lot of them uh he's like what And he had them like in a Tupperware hidden in his closet. And I was like, and when we were like getting rid of stuff and uh, Marie Kondo in the apartment, uh, I'm like, why are these like in a, in a Tupperware hidden? And I, I love that about John. Uh, he knows that. I love that about him that he, you find joy in things that from your childhood that still bring you joy and there's there is no shame about that that's awesome if everybody owned what they really liked and what they loved and so now 
his Ninja Turtle figures are like displayed on our desk, like on a shelf, and they stay there. And I love that. I love that. Me too. <laughs> I just wish more people, I wish I was more like that in, throughout my life. I but love You know that. what? I wish more people were like you and were as accepting of things. Like part of the reason they were in the closet is because I can't just be like, where, where am I putting my turtles, babe? Like, <laughs> where can, you can put them in your own apartment when you move out. No. They don't there aren't many like you. There's not many like you. That's you got that shit right. <laughs> <laughs> On the we when we were you gotta listen to his episode of Spectac uh Spectacular Show. We were just one of the episodes we talked about with the Goldbergs. Uh but one thing I'll just say without ruining his podcast episode because it's great, but um one thing that's mentioned is never losing your childlike sense of wonder. Mm -hmm. And I love that about you. And I love that you bring that to your work and you bring that uh, to your humor. And so, oh God, you should see us guys. Um, and I, I really like, I wish beyond all wishing that like everybody could be big kids and play the way that we do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like we just do silly little dances and make up words to nothing and just like- Relentlessly. Like, relentlessly, like, like all day, every day. Yeah, I'm a little worried that one day they're going to take us away. We're awesome. Like you guys, we have each other. How have you been paying your bills all this time? <laughs> Lunatics. So as, as, as a... Uh, Look at my dumpy bow tie. It's like a wilted flower. Look. <laughs> was it? I didn't notice. Damn it. And it's so funny because as you say that, I was just about to go to mention aspects of yourself that are not so free in your childlike wonder, like mm -hmm. how you are a perfectionist and how that can keep you stuck sometimes. And I kind of wanted to just ask you about that. If you feel like that. I, I, I am a perfectionist, but it depends on what it is. And also it work. It completely works against you if that's the way you are. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. If you're the kind of person that works until something is perfect, then fine. But it also because I can't make things that I want and I make them perfectly, then I just don't do them, which is worse, way worse. So that's one thing about the podcast that I doing it that I like is that I I have to put out a show every week. And whether I think it's good enough or not, it's save, upload, publish, because it's, I think it's an important exercise because it, it makes you create, it just makes you do it. And whether it's up to your standard or not, it's got to go out the door. And I think it's good. I think it, it, it's good to give yourself deadlines and hold yourself accountable for those kind of things. It just, it's a, just a funny thing how when it's applied to oneself, I'll speak for myself, it's harder um, to do that. And you can give me words of wisdom like, babe, it's great. And like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see it. And I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and I'm all in my head about that. It's terrible. And you're like, can be so focused on the one little thing about it where I'm like, you just did like, for example, yesterday you hurt your back and you did six hours of intense talking after like doing all this other stuff. And then you were hard on yourself that you didn't get this other thing done. It's like, you're, 
and I, I speaking for myself, I am, we are very, very similar and I can do that too. Like focus on like the thing that's missing or mm -hmm. the thing that is not perfect and then screw it off. You, you are the reason that I did this podcast. John is the reason that I did this. And because of that, I don't watch my episodes back ever. I don't listen to myself. I don't judge them because I know I, I don't know I will, but the way that I can be critical and perfectionist, um, that can be the case. So I don't want to, I want to keep being in the practice of doing it anyway, doing it imperfectly, getting in the habit of creating and that being enough and knowing that it's all work in progress, that it's not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And like, I want that for you because your ideas are so beautiful and like, but I do this too. Like, you'll think about it, like, how, how would I even shoot that? Like he has some beautiful ideas for films, short films or like web series or some really thought out. Well, they're so vivid. I'll say that your, your ideas are really fleshed out and beautiful. And the thought of like, yeah, but how would I shoot that or the location or blah, blah, blah. Or how would I, will keep you from doing that. I would say completely. Yeah. And I'm the same way. And then you'll talk to other people that did it and they're like, you don't know lighting. You just start trying to use lighting. You just start doing it. You just, and it's right. like, just make it, say, make it. I've never, I've never done anything. I've never known video, audio editing or anything. And I just, I figured it out. I'm still figuring it out as I go. I mean, that's one thing that the podcast also makes you do. It forces you to learn. And yep. the, you know, the first episode I did that I cut together, it took me like, 20 something hours or whatever it was to do that first one now it's not so bad it's not as bad um but it still it still takes time it's it's just a lot of work but a lot of you know discovery because it be, it's you've got to look up every step you know i use this program called audacity so it's like how do i cut a part of a clip in audacity so you google that and then you got to read two things and watch one video and then it's well how do i do this in audacity every time you come to a new thing you've got to go look it up and teach yourself but i knew nothing about podcasts and i i did it you're you're the he's the best at that though because i'm like how do i do that or what is that bubble bond he's like did you google it <laughs> it's like like he's like i didn't know anything and i He's like, do you know how many times people go, how do you, how do you? He's like, I just Google everything. That's how, and you, that has taught me a lot. Instead of just immediately going to you to help me or somebody to, I don't always first try and do it, but I may ask and then may go, oh, oh and then start to do the research. Right. It's teach a man to fish, right? Teach a man to fish. That kind of makes sense, for right? a day. Teach a man to Google. <laughs> You can order some delivery. So, See what I mean? That wasn't even funny. You're over there cracking up. <laughs> John literally will like play peekaboo with me in like the silliest ways. Like that's how we put it the other day. He's like, you're the easiest audience. Cause he'll just like, she is. He just, like, disappears and comes back. And I like, <laughs> so easy for me to crush. So John, um, Actually, we had John's friend on here, uh, Ray Harrington. I forgot what number episode he is, uh, but that's how I met Ray was through John. And one of the things uh, that you and Ray did together was you were in his web series, Undependent. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about that experience. And <clears throat> Well, it was acting, which I don't really do. 
so he but he asked me if I could play this um, someone that was interviewing him for a job interview and I had had enough of them and been in corporate America long enough where I was like yeah that would be fun so when I got there I just I asked him like one or two things and I was like okay and yeah I was I kind of knew who once he answered my questions like I knew because when I when I have to do acting I don't the sirens. So we're just going to speak up. Yeah, we're just going to talk. Over. It's really hot here today. You know, the heat that you can't control. We have that. So, uh, so go ahead. Got that heat that just stays on. But the, the, when I act, I don't do, I don't come up with a character or do anything. I usually just try to think of a person I know that I can impersonate that fits the role, which is kind of, it's like playing chords for guitar. Like you can play guitar, but you really can't play guitar. You just play chords, but you can make people think you can play guitar. So that's kind of what I do. Uh, it was, and it was fun. It was fun to do it. And um, it was, it was nice. I got nice feedback on it. So that was. Yeah, that was that's good. what I was going to say. So it's, by the way, guys, if you do look it up, which you should, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's great. Uh, how many episodes are there? There are six, six episodes on the, on YouTube and it's called Undependent. Yeah, and so yes, when you type that in, it is going to take about two scrolls to find it, yeah. I think. But if you type in Ray Harrington Undependent, Undependent, you'll find it. Same thing. If you type in Big Face for my podcast, yeah, it's nothing. Like 13th. It's like ridiculous. But if you type in Big Face Samantha. First. Golden. I don't know. Who knows how these things work. But yeah, so... Uh, your instincts are very good. John showed it to me and, uh, and when they screened it, am I correct? Like the audience, that was like the biggest laugh that it got your scene, right? I don't know if that was the biggest laugh. I just know that I couldn't go home for the screening to New England, yeah. but Ray told me that the opening scene got, which the only scene I'm in is the opening scene, but Ray told me that it got a really good reaction from people. So that was, that was cool to hear. It It's so funny and you he and you got to do your own thing with it yeah that was the other thing was you know it's a, he's a friend of mine so he's just trying to make this pilot at the time it became a web thing but it, you know it was a pilot he was shooting and it was just this little bit part so there weren't a lot of lines to remember or anything but you know it just do you want to come do this creative thing and i at the time i was not doing very many creative things so it was really nice to get the get the chance you know what I love? I love that I'm asking you questions and I, I want people to get to learn about you a bit, but I always have questions <laughs> for you. Uh, meaning there's always more to find out about you and you're always introspective. And I was just going to ask you, and I don't know what the answer is, but if you could do anything, like we were talking about Elon Musk the other day mm -hmm. and that he sold PayPal for what, $180 million? Yeah. And you were like, $180 million. Like I would do, I would, I would, I, that's, I would do to nothing. Me, that's plenty. I'd be like, I'm done. I win. That's it. Bye. And I would just take that and never go to work ever again. Cause what, <laughs> what do I have to prove? But then I said, I'm like, okay, but if Elon Musk, like, I don't know him personally, but if like, it's fun for him. It's challenging for him. He likes right. his mind to work like that. I'm like, if you could 
make $180 million mm -hmm. and then like make all the movies you want with no problem because you have all the money, you don't have to work. You would do all the movies and things that you want to do, right? Probably. I would because try you enjoy to. it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so what would you want to do? If you could do, if your life could look. I mean, I would want to travel. I haven't really traveled very much. I would want to do that. I mean, it's hard to do right now. Yeah. But I would want to travel. Otherwise, yeah, I would probably try to shoot some of the ideas that I have. Because if there's no, if the budget isn't ever going to be an issue, sure, we'll figure it out. We'll hire good people that know what they're doing and yeah. we'll make it work. Um, I mean, I'd also, I think I'd spend a lot of time once the finances were like just settled and in place, I'd, I'd probably spend a lot of time writing. I feel like if, if you can wake up in the morning and like work out or meditate or do whatever, and then all you have to do all day is write something you want to write. That's amazing. Hmm. Who wouldn't want to create their own stories? I think that's so cool. What kinds of stuff could you see yourself writing or would you, I don't know. I have a, a, when I say I have a big spread of ideas, I don't have a ton of ideas. I just have a few ideas that are varied. Some of them are comedy things, animation things, um, dramatic things. So I don't know. I don't know what I would like start with first. I think it would probably be, well, what can I do first or what's, most feasible to do yeah. first or I don't know that you know I think for me there are some ideas that I have that I think are cool but I wouldn't want to maybe do them first because maybe I'd want to get a couple of things under my belt and get a little experience yeah. and then do these other things later so I'm not sure I'm not sure but I think it would be it would be something creative I mean yeah it's all creative yeah I, it's funny because I was like what would you I, I'd learn how to play more musical instruments and stuff yeah that, for sure yeah you love music. I do. Uh, it's interesting because I, I, I'm i asking John Sunday's question. I don't necessarily know. We talk all about our dreams and what we maybe would want to do. And we, we try and figure out who we want to be as people. Um, and with all of our creative ideas and passions. And something that people have said since I've been with you and they've gotten to know you, they're like, he should be writing for TV. Like he should like, why isn't he write for things? And it's like, cause you don't just get a job writing for like sitcoms, like you, you know, but sorry, I'll say one more thing and I'll let you speak. I promise. No, you always say like, and this has always been same way how you're good at like editing stuff. Mm -hmm. You've said that from the beginning, you're like, I may not have an idea flat out, but if you give me something, like I will definitely make it better. I know exactly how to make that better. I'm, I think I do have a very critical eye. Yes. So if I, if I see things, if I can see all of the pieces, I feel like I'm usually pretty good at arranging them or arranging them and then linking them. You know, um, I had one of my, one of my buddies, Mike Hanley, like years ago, he's a com, he's still a comedian. He's real funny. He lives in Massachusetts. He had kind of two bits that he didn't know what to do with. And he called me one day, we were on the phone for like a couple hours just talking. And I was like, well, do, we'll do the bits, you know, tell me them. And he told me the bits 
And I said, all right, well, what if you do it like this? And I just gave him this idea. Hmm. Like if you set it up like this and then you link it like this and then you end it like this, you probably get a big laugh. I think, I don't know. And he took, he called me like, I don't know, six months later and told me that I told him that all those months ago, hmm. but that particular night he was headlining and he said, I, I didn't, he didn't really like buy what I said. He told me this like flat out. He's like, yeah, I didn't really feel it when you told me. So I never did it. But that night I was like, you know what the heck with it? I'm going to, I'm going to do what John said. And he said, he got this humongous, it was like his ending bit. And he got this humongous reaction um, by making that switch that I told him to. And it's, one of those things where, yeah, I'm, I'm not the best at creating my own little nuggets of ideas and developing them into something, but I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, here's a, here's a script to make it better. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty good at that because I do, I, have a, I think I have a critical eye and I, I, I feel like I'm good at building framework, if that makes any sense. Like I'm good at building a skeleton or putting a skeleton together. Yeah. I just, I, sorry, I, I want to say this, guys, because it's, it's funny. Uh, if you knew John, which you're getting a, a little piece of it right now. <laughs> if you knew John uh, and you heard the way his mind works and the ideas that he has and um, got to spend any time with him, like, I feel like I'm like Jerry's mom or like, who couldn't like you, Jerry? Because like, I feel like I'm about to say every anybody that's met you, that you're great, you know, everyone loves you. And, um, it's a pretty broad statement. That's no, pretty true. And, uh, not only are you funny, you're, you're a nice person. You're a very caring person. You to a fault, to it's, a fault. Moving to New York has helped me with that. But yeah, I used to be nice. I used to be nice to a fault. I am not nice to a fault. You are. I, yeah. It's a process. I feel like of you, but you have come so far with that, but you are still such a caring you will like throw down your everything to be there for someone you care about without like and um my point of that was I was going to say like and I I feel like this too and I've spoken about this on my show it is I can speak to other people whether it be like students that I coach or people that I'm teaching in class or even creative friends of mine where I can see it so clearly like their talent, how this is going to work, their next steps, what could be useful. But when it comes to me, it's like a big ball of mush sometimes. It could just feel like, it can kind of feel like, I don't even know the next step and it can feel hard. And Yeah, and it drives me crazy because you spend your nights teaching people how to act and they all go, oh, thank you, Samantha, you're right. So then when you're like, now how do I do this? It's like, you just told 12 people how to do it. <laughs> You, John, and I, <clears throat> John is the reason that I started this podcast. And that's true. That is true. You're and it's because I, because I am hard on myself and I don't necessarily see myself for who I actually am and what I am maybe good at or whatever. But John did. And John was like, you do this. I see you do this. I see you do this. And why are you not doing this? And so I'm saying to you, um, you don't see yourself as you actually are. 
And I think that that is for a lot of us out there, uh, a lot of creative people. Um, and you don't give yourself enough credit. And he, Charles Xavier is like wandering around the table right now, probably gonna knock over the mic. So if there's, there's a big thing- There's 30 wires. So naturally he's gotta be in there yes. chewing on all of them. He's, yeah, he's there just he sniffing around. Yeah. Move that bushy tail out of the way. <laughs> he's blocking you like Charles. So, um, <laughs> all right, now he's in my light. This is all gonna go very bad very soon, guys. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. <laughs> should we should we do a pause and give him some food? Uh, sure. Or yeah, I can just get I mean, up and run away for a second. And that's what, go away. ahead. You run away for okay. a second. I'll run, run away. run away. No. Um, I love it. So I'll just say, guys, um, I think that that's can be very common with us to not be able to see ourselves as clearly as maybe somebody else that. Uh, it would be great if we could see ourselves through their eyes. John is kind to a fault, giving to a fault. He's also like talented to a fault that he expects like the absolute best and most perfect version, maybe the first time out or whatever. He used to spend so much time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, he's right next to me, guys. It's my first live interview. That's uh, because the only person I see. Um, and he would spend so long editing because he would edit out ums or like mouth noises. And, and <laughs> I'm gonna give him a chance to come back and, and, give, and rebuttal. But- um, No, it's true. It's, it is true. And I just think, I think it's, I, <clears throat> I, I think the show a lot of times talking to people is an opportunity for people to see themselves and other people and hear those things and maybe be able to pause the next time for me when I'm being hard on myself or I'm expecting it to be perfect mm -hmm. to remember all the people that have come here and talked to me about how that didn't serve them and how they had to get past that in order mm -hmm. to succeed or move forward. Mm -hmm. John. Uh, well, I, I think that there's a lot to be said about, at least for me, my biggest thing was, you know, things are never good enough. Um, it's something I struggle with with comedy, like coming up with material. Sometimes I'll be sitting in the audience or in the on the side or whatever, and I'm watching a comedian. And the joke that gets a laugh, I'm like, that's the, that is just the silliest line. Like anybody could have thought of that. But the crowd is like, like roaring. And granted, some of it is just placement. You know, if especially with stand-up, a lot of people don't, they think they have to go up there and just like become more than they are or, or do something. It's like, well, no, just go be likable. If someone's likable, you'll, you'll laugh because you like them. Even if the joke isn't funny, you'll still be like, <laughs> you know, you want, because you want them to feel good. You don't want them to feel like that wasn't funny or something, right? But so you... I don't know with stand up. I, I wasn't as good at it, but with the, with the pod, it's like, I have to, it's a good exercise for me because I am nothing's ever good enough, but if nothing's ever good enough, you're never going to make anything. So if that's the case, you've got to give yourself this deadline in this format where you are forced to create something. I saw uh, a documentary with the white stripes one time and, and Jack white was saying, that's the worst thing 
in the world is to say like, oh, you have all the time in the world, all the colors in the world, and paint any color, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, like, get a deadline. You want to make an album, rent a studio, set a deadline, and record your album. And whatever comes out of it, comes out of it. Like, don't, and, yeah. he, and he talked about just showing up and working, and he's like, I'm not always inspired to do stuff, but some of it is just getting in there and just doing it, just, you know, just showing up. If you show up, you know, if you show up to work at the mine every day, if you're just digging rocks, eventually, even if it's after years of going to the mine, eventually you're going to pull out a big jewel. It's the yeah. odds are in your favor. If the more you do it, the odds are in your favor to succeed yeah. or have some level of success at something. So yeah, the biggest thing for me is one is consistency because I'm a wildly inconsistent person. I start something and then fall out of it. And then it's like, oh, well, forget it. I'm not going to do it at all. I ruined my whole life. Like, you know, I, I look at like the rock on Instagram, the guy's up at four 30 in the morning, lifting weights, drinking a thing. He's on a private jet to go fly, sign a thing for a movie. Then he's back in the jet. He gets out of the jet. He like fights a dragon beats that like just, he's constantly doing something. And I think for me, I look at folks like that and I'm just, I think to myself, how am I ever going to measure up to someone who is this dedicated to success but you can still do little stuff you can still do something yeah and it's and you're not the rock like what you hey. <laughs> what you bring to the world is not what he is bringing to the world, no. you have a completely different mindset. I don't even care if you guys think similarly, you're different people. Yeah. So like maybe your skill set is not going to have to be up at 4.30 a.m. below. Maybe it's just going to have to be every morning when you wake up setting a routine of writing mm -hmm. and just getting good at setting a routine. Like it's different for everybody. But I, I, I like you speaking on that because I am so hard on myself. I am. And if I don't, do it, then I'm the worst. Then I have no talent. It's like, you know, that is the worst thing we can do to ourselves, in my opinion. Well, I've heard you on your show say, like, um, if you don't have the confidence to call yourself an actor, then who else is going to call you an actor, right? And I, I've been trying to stay away from people because of quarantine and, yeah. uh, hopefully maybe getting to spend some time with my family for the holidays. But I was running, going for jogs and stuff for the better part of the year. Eventually I, you know, COVID kind of went away here for a little bit, kind of. So I started going out and jogging again, which I had started doing in the beginning of the year before yeah. it hit. And I always remember thinking to myself, cause I always, after I started running when I was, I don't know, 30 or so, I, like consider myself a runner, which is so stupid because I'm not, but ultimately it comes down to, well, if you run every day or every couple of days, even if you only do a couple of miles, you're a runner. Yeah. But that's the biggest thing is, you know, feeling, feeling like, Oh, I don't want to go for this run today. It's like, yeah, but in 25 minutes, 28 minutes, whatever it is, you're going to be done. And you'll be a runner again today as opposed to not doing it. You know, you don't do it one day and then something happens the next day yep. 
And then before you know what a week has gone by and it's like, why, why should I bother running anymore? That's how I am. You know, yeah. a week goes by. I miss a week of something that's dead. It's, it's, it's a new thing for me to, to allow that to be okay with stuff, yeah. but certain stuff, like if the podcast is late, I lose my shit. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's my fault. It's my fault. The end. So I, I think it's good to give yourself some kind of deadlines and restrictions. Yeah. But then like, then it's like, it's my fault. And then when you go into that space, it's like, it only for me, like I see it for you. And I know for me, when I go into that space of then being hard on myself, for some people that works, that tough love thing that mm-hmm. works, that has never worked for me. When I hammer myself, when I am not perfect, because I'm human and I'm bound to be imperfect, there's no way that I'm always going to do it right. When I hammer myself for it, I am so much further from being able to get on track. I like, it crushes my soul. Like it crushes it. Mm-hmm. I just like bury myself in like, call it self-hatred, but it mm-hmm. just colors everything. Yeah, that's also something that, I know I've seen a lot of people <clears throat> motivated by, they get motivated. Okay, your video is blotching out, but it seems okay now. It's okay. Yeah. I've seen people that use anger and they use um, like revenge or vengeance as a, as like a motivator. And I feel like I used to do that, but I don't think it's as productive. If you want to do something, don't do it because you're trying to. There is a slight delay in your video. There is. Yeah. Guys, gonna pause real quick. Gonna try and reset video. Hold on one sec. We maybe got it figured out. We may be blurry. We may disappear. It looks good. Yeah. I think. We'll make it work. I think. Go ahead, continue, my friend. I think what I was saying was that um, vengeance and like anger for fuel, if it works for you, then, then great, use it. But I don't know. I think when you do that, you're you're creating something or you're trying to drag yourself to spite somebody else, which if you want to make something, just, I think you should just want to make it enough where you then go make it or do it. And I used to use that like revenge idea or that, I don't know, not mantra, but that used to be kind of my fuel, but I, it's, I don't know. It's dumb. Like who cares? Just, if, do whatever you want to do. Why do you have to worry about what other people think of it? Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Or even just, I mean, I, when I used to do that to myself, I used to be like, well, then I'm never going to do it. If I don't like make myself do it. If I don't like, if I'm not hard on myself, then I'm, but it wound up backfiring because I was hard on myself. And then I felt worse and it was even harder. Like I dug a hole. And it was even harder to get out of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's an interesting phenomenon. Like, I don't know, some people aren't like that. But whenever I've, I have a very close friend who I love dearly. Uh, and he, at one point, we had a, like a disconnect because he was kind of tough love with me. And this is somebody, John knows who I'm talking about. And like, we are so tight, it's like family. And he was tough love with me. And it almost kind of, could have maybe ended our friendship and it actually brought us a lot closer because he that's how he works 
And when, when we wound up talking about it and I explained, it actually makes me worse. Um, he like, we both shifted and we both, I understood where he was coming from and then he's never done that. And now he kind of understands me better and we actually became closer. So if it doesn't work for you, whatever, however somebody treats you, I don't know. For me, it helped to say something to, and it actually brought me closer with somebody instead of it being like a source of like, uh, I was gonna say contentment, but that's not the word I meant, uh, contempt. Yeah. yeah contentment. <laughs> I mean, for sure in like personal things, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt if you can, if you can try to smooth things over or reach out or talk to somebody, yeah. if they don't wanna talk at that point, then that's on them. Yeah. But I don't know, I'm just talking about, I've seen other comics or like other just artists in general where it's you know they're they're so mad so they're gonna create all this stuff and it's just like why if you're the shit why do you care about let these other people have their thoughts who yeah. gives a shit it's so interesting but you, you and i are very like-minded in that just uh last week my guest we talked a lot about um being generous with other creatives and that there's kind of two kind of creatives ones that are like yeah generous and giving and will just give all they can to help a, a fellow creative then there are others that are very uh competitive self-driven and like in in what i see like kind of fear-based mm -hmm. in that they feel like they have to hold on to all the information oh yeah because they're in competition and i if you are one of those people i get it because it's being a creative and if that's what you're pursuing in your life, it's, it can be difficult, maybe not for everybody, but I truly believe like there is only one of us. And John, you're, you're like this too. Like you always want to collaborate with other uh, comedians and other, I don't know, do you guys like to be called comedians or comics? I'd say comics. Okay. I would say comedian. I don't always want to collaborate no, with I, other people. Let me be clear. <laughs> we actually don't like yeah. to talk to humans. There are plenty of people who are like, hey, I've got that. And it's like, no, no. Right. But, and I say that because it's just a matter of personal taste. Yeah. Or, or I don't believe they're serious or whatever. Or but, hate them. Or, you know, or I just don't like them. <laughs> for sure. I mean, there are plenty of people I don't like. Um, <laughs> Not but, me. Not you. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are plenty of people I do or did want to collaborate with and never did or the opportunity didn't present itself or, or whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think a, a big thing, if you can make it work, is aligning yourself with people that have a similar vision or the same vision to what you do. And if you can find a group like that, you get you it, it's weird because stand-up comedy is not a team sport right it's just just me and that's it but i kind of like what you know like somebody like adam sandler does where he's got his movie deals but he's like all right but we're old friends and i know you can do this and you can do this yeah. so all of you people come with me we're all on this team we're all on team Sandler. yeah right I think that's great when people do that. Um, it give it just it just yeah sharing and things like that. It breeds. I think it breeds better art 
or products or or whatever just yeah. because people have the same drive and vision in it but that team and that team environment that team cohesiveness that that group it builds it builds oftentimes healthy competition but it also builds like pride and 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 the desire to execute and i also i just think uh ideas are heightened with like different oh, points of view and yeah. yeah like somebody has a good idea and then somebody goes and bah and then it's like oh then it's like you know fireworks like that thing just blew up it's awesome yeah and you and i both are like that we i, I think this is why i say this i think we both love collaborating and like that good feeling we get when there's a nice connection i know when john has a you know somebody on his show i hear him laughing and i hear like oh so great to have you on the show like i know he means it we love that feeling and we've talked about like um you know uh jet apatow and like you know his a lot of those guys do stuff together seth rogan yeah he's got like his judd apatow all yeah. madden team yeah yeah. exactly and like you know um seth rogan so like they there's a lot of people that work together and uh it's i think it's really a gift to find that john and i we always say like oh we wish we had people that wanted to do stuff you know it's hard to find people that are like-minded but also at the same time willing. what i said willing oh Sorry. well willing is another thing but also it becomes this thing where you can't be surrounded by people who are trying to steal the show the whole time. If that's the natural order of things for this group, then fine. Mm -hmm. But it becomes very difficult when, because yes. whatever you're doing, if it's a TV show, a pilot, a whatever, everybody's got their role to play. But if the person who's supposed to be the side comment over here yeah. keeps trying to like, you know, Bogart the scene, yeah. it's like, well, forget it. This is not gonna work. Because you're trying to insert yourself into things you're not supposed right. to be. It was, you know, it was a really cool, uh, John and myself uh, and one of our other friends started writing a web series uh, during this time in quarantine. And what was cool, and it's, we have to work some things and, and figure it out. We wanna, anyway, it's in process. But what was cool is that the three of us, it was like very, we were all very aware the whole time, like, Hey, I'm cool. Like you could be honest. And we, we tried to be open, honest with feedback. And like, it wasn't about any one person. We just tried to all like, that would make this better. That would make this better. That would make this, you know, and like just all. It was great to just write. And I said it when we were talking about the scripts and yeah. stuff, I just, you know, I, I kind of put the first draft down and then gave it to you guys to, to look at Yeah. And what do you think? But it was great to just also I, f I could feel people being hesitant, like, uh, it's like, all right, well, there's stuff you don't like. Look, there's no ego involved in this. Right. I'm, this is me taking a shot in the dark. What, this is what I came up with. Right. doesn't have to be this at all, right. but we're just trying to get rolling here. So and what's the next step? What do we change? What do we improve? What do we lose? What do we add? Just, you know, yeah. let's collaborate. Taking the ego out of it. And that was like, I, look, communication. What we, didn't we start the conversation? Oh no, we were talking on, on John's pod about, uh, on spectacular show about communication and the Goldbergs, uh, oh, but in any relationship, communication, right? And uh, it's funny because John, myself, and and our other friend that we were writing with, we we're all so different in our on our takes to it and oh, like yeah. our ideas about it. And I think that made it stronger. Like I think that that I don't know. I think it's really cool. So I I hope for our sake that we find. I think it's it's kind of like finding 
diehard friends or loves of your life. It's like kind of like soulmates in creativity. Yeah. I think it takes time to kind of find who you grew with. So, um, yeah, that's, that's true. And once you find them, yeah, because that's, you end up making great stuff, especially if people are out. It's not, it's not about them. It's about the, the thing, whatever yeah. it is. That, that's the case. It's always going to be good because people are going to give it their all. It's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset. And again, there's no, you know, I've had comedians, I've been doing a, a bit or something on stage and the comedian will be like, Hey, you know, that part where you said ABC, if you just pause and then say D E F here like this, it's going to, and you go, Oh yeah, that's, that's a great insight. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Happens. I feel like that happens with comedians all the time. And some people are too proud to listen to what you say yeah. and try a thing. Um, and some people are like, Thank you for that tip. I will give that a shot and see how it goes. You know, uh, you made me think of something. Uh, I remember in, I don't know if it was in the beginning of our seating, but can you tell us uh, what it is to score a comedy show or what you do? You, there are different ways to create games to keep track of um, how well you do on a set. Ralphie May has a video out there somewhere. I think it's on Vimeo. Ralphie May is at like the comedy store and he's, he's, uh, he's since passed. Let me be clear about that. Uh, but he had this video where they just asked him like, Ralphie, can you come in and talk to these new comedians? That was it. And he sat there for three hours on the stage of the comedy store, just giving tips, giving advice, giving instructions on how to do standup. Uh, and one of the things he gives is this little game you can play for when you're doing your act, how you can give your, you can give yourself kind of an honest score. You can kind of grade yourself, right? So I came up with a similar thing where I just used a method of marks on a, on a line on a page to indicate like a small laugh, a medium laugh, a big laugh, a huge laugh with an applause break. And then, you know, where are all of these tracks? Like this would be the first track. This would be, cause you can score like a comedy album that way, right? If every time somebody gets a small laugh, you make one mark. If they do a medium laugh, you make a different mark. And then you do that for all the way across the page, track one, track two, track three. And then at the end you just add them all up. And you can see how many big laughs you got per bit, how many big laughs you got per minute, how many total laughs you got. And that's basically what I did to start kind of punching up my act because I was comparing it. And, you know, people will be like, well, it's so subjective. What's a little laugh? What's a bit? It's like, well, who gives a shit? It's on you. If, <laughs> if you're hard on yourself, then it'll be better. So yeah. who cares? Like, yeah, there's some room for error, but it's, it's, what's an error? You're trying to get better. If this thing, if this thing will quantify laughter, even if it's a loose idea, it's better than no idea. So you take this little mechanism. Every time you get a little laugh, you make a certain type of a mark, a medium laugh, you make a different mark, a big laugh, you make a different mark. And you do that for like four or five different types of laughs. And then you can count them all up and see how you did. So I, it's very cool because I wish I had, I could show you like, uh, the score for a comedy like uh or stand-up that he did because like i remember seeing it the first time on a piece of paper and it is it's a different it it's like a a piece of music but with marks that i've never seen that's like specifically it's his it's it's uh your language for scoring 
Yeah. It's at a different height. Like the th things were, I mean, it just, they were at a different height. Some had circles around them and just went across the board. There was a line to end this note, you know, it's like. Yeah, I basically did it. Like I did, I did it by bit. So, all right, this is my quitting my job bit. This is my getting drunk bit. This is my, I hate children bit. That's not a thing, but you know, whatever. And, he, and then, cause in a comedy album, it's typically broken out into tracks. So I was, what I did was I took a few comedy albums. I took Mitch Hedberg, Mitch all together. I took Dave Attell's Skanks for the Memories and I took Kyle Kinane's Death of the Party and I just listened to them and I scored those guys, what I thought were honest scores. And then I listened to a headline set I had done and I just went, all right, this is this bit, that's track one. This is this bit, that's track two. And I then I scored myself. And I was, I was within like 20% of them in terms of number of laughs. But the thing was they were... I got a lot more little laughs. I got a lot more speed bag out of it, whereas they got a lot more big, big punches, big, big laughs or bit, you know, I used, if you got a laugh and an applause break, I would mark that a certain way too. Um, favorite stand-up of all time or fa uh, favorite? Favorite stand-up of all time? Yeah. Um, uh, do you mean com comedian or special? I'll, I'll or give what? you comedian then special, and then I'll follow it up with one more. Okay, all right. Tough. In the last 10 years, it's changed quite a few times. Okay. My favorite, I would say this, my favorite comedian of all time is Bill Burr. Hands down, that guy has made me laugh harder than basically anybody ever. <laughs> I share, like a lot of the, he and I come from the very, like same part of the country. It's like, I think it's culturally we're somewhat aligned. Uh, so his rhythm and his cadence and his, his mindset, I share a lot of it. Um, which I think is why I identify with him. And I, I, uh, that's why he makes me laugh. Favorite special of all time. It, it's really hard. The two that I like, and keep in mind, this is someone who doesn't watch that much comedy anymore. I used to watch every fucking thing that came out every time it came out. Now, if I watch the two or three comedy specials a year, that's a big deal for me. I used to do that in a weekend. Uh, <laughs> so my favorite comedy special of all time for a long, long, long time, it was Bill Hicks' One Night Stand. I think Bill Hicks' One Night Stand is an awesome comedy special genius i like that it was more than just a set like his whole intro to the special is like a, a small i don't want to say a small movie but it's a small sequence that's filmed that's cinematic hmm. before he comes on stage and that small sequence leads into him getting on stage and there are a million things I like about it, and I don't want to spoil anything. If you want to watch it, go watch Bill Hicks' One Night Stand on, H on HBO. It's like one of my favorite specials and one of my favorite sets of all time. That being said, when Bill Burr, probably five years ago now, six years ago, he did I'm Sorry You Feel That Way. That's a Netflix special that's shot all in black and white. And I think that is a comedy masterpiece. That's I love that story. that's exactly my, my brain was going that was that is a masterpiece that's my brain yeah. just kept saying that while you were talking it's it's stupid 
how some of the punchlines in that special oh. are horrible, but he's getting these gigantic laughs out of, and that's the thing. I think as a comic, especially you can get laughs out of like, I've always admired someone who takes a very touchy subject or something that I would be afraid to talk about, mm. or I wouldn't be confident talking about it. And they take that and they make an entire room full of, or most of the people in the room laugh at it. That's, that's to me, that's the sign of like a real great bit or comic or joke or, <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, I, I, it's really hard for me to pick. I like them yeah. both for different reasons, but I would say it's either Bill Hicks one night stand or it's Bill Burr. I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, I was just going to say a uh, favorite punchline, but then That'd I was going to, I was going to say that would ruin it. I, I will know. say the favorite, my favorite punchline ever is in Bill Burr's special. And it's in a, it's all I'll say is this. There's a bit in that special. If you happen to watch it, uh, it's about a helicopter and I'll leave it at that. But the, the very last punchline he has for that joke, I think is the funniest punchline I've ever heard. Uh, oh God. It, that, that special was so funny that there was a lot of it I couldn't even laugh for, if you remember. I was like, I, guys, I was, I, I just couldn't believe how good, how brilliant he is as a comedian. Dude, plus, fucking respect like like you said he talks about things that dude especially nowadays when it comes to comedy you can't say anything you got to be careful to say anything on a podcast on a you can it is you say your opinion and you could be crucified for and i love that he doesn't give a shit he holds his ground and he doesn't care yeah good for him i i really do admire that i um, admire that more than anything and he doesn't say i'm right he just says Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the asshole. But that's, that's how I see it. That's how I feel. That's what I like about it is he he blatantly tells you at least once a special. He's like, don't listen to me. I don't read. Okay? Yeah. But, you know, whatever. But It's like, he, I'm a fucking psycho. But I'm a psycho. Yeah, but, and that, but that's what I like about him is he's like, this is who I am. This is what I feel or think. And then if people don't like it, you know, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't mean to be an asshole. Right. Right? Uh, I'm just up here saying my thing, like right. you know, good for you, man. Um, I, so yeah, I, I, I would say he's he's way up there. I don't know. There are some other honorable mentions, like I, uh, I really love Sinbad. I think Sinbad is one of the funniest people alive. Like I think he's one of the funniest comedians I've ever seen. Is he still doing stuff? Yeah, he's still out there. I mean, he. I think he is just even as an actor, even in stuff I've seen him act in, he's so he just cracks me his up. physical comedy is so i mean i can't i have not seen much of his stand-up or any mm -hmm. so um but even when we watched recently we watched jingle all the way which you guys should tune into the episode with uh it's a crossover so it's going to be spectacular show and movies in the buff yeah uh so these three guys brett bolton john dreyer john o'connor with me discussing jingle all the way i had never seen it um yeah it's like oh. a Christmas movie from 1996 starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sinbad. Sinbad, Rita Wilson, and Phil Hartman, and Jake Lloyd. Yes. And, and it's, it's, 
I think I told you it's like a great bad movie. Yes, that's exactly how you described it. Yeah, but I won't say anything else about it. But Sinbad was great in that, but uh, so you guys should check out that episode. It'll be uh, when does that one come out? Soon, that's coming right? out the week of Christmas. The week of Christmas. So yeah. look out for that one too. It's a great episode. I was there Phil when Hartman they recorded. Phil Hartman's great in it too. Yeah, Phil Hartman's great in it. I was uh, I was sitting there like just in the back, silent, and I was like laughing out loud, trying not to be heard by their mics because they were you guys are great but anyway uh so yeah we talked about a bunch of stuff i we, we talk 24 7 guys we live in a studio we never leave she talks 23 7 it's <laughs> not true see you hear that beep they were like shut up yeah. john yeah right. that's right <laughs> so anything uh to be fair it's nine o'clock on a sunday that's <laughs> why wouldn't they be laying on the horn <laughs> good night <laughs> There have been so many more horns lately. We're just kind of just like, what is happening? I, the. <laughs> just like, where are you going to go? With I this? daydream about like having a sniper rifle sitting here. Beep, 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 beep. Really? <sighs> right through the windshield. Now you're going to all have to wait in traffic until they move that body. I love you. Um, I love. I'm like, ah, oh, man. I fantasize about killing people. I love you. <laughs> so, if those of you, I don't know, if you see him and he doesn't seem like a gentle uh, person, if you hear him, then you especially can't see what a gentle person he is. But he's just like the biggest, uh, awesomest, sweetest bear uh, that has a temper that's hysterical because. Good for you. Deserve to get angry sometimes. You don't always have to be the nicest person in the entire world. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. don't be because it's not. No, being the nicest person in the world is. It's it's like it's such a. It's great because you're oh. genuinely helping people, but then there are so many people that will take advantage of you, and you I, have to learn to know the difference, and that's hard. That is very hard. Because the people who are really good at manipulating you, you won't know for a while probably. And it's uh. Yeah, and it takes, unfortunately, sometimes it takes learning and mm-hmm. then learning to set up boundaries uh, more instinctually. It's mm-hmm. so hard. Relationships are hard anyway. Uh, but Bill Burr, I remember, now I don't want to say anything about what he said, but he just talked about something and he like went into the bathroom and he like cried a lot for like, oh, like a minute. And then he was like, and then I took it and I shut off and I shoved it right back on that shelf. Like, you know, I forgot exactly how he said it. Yeah. Basically it's like do some man stuff, shove it down, repress your emotions, act like you have answers. And then, and then, but and that's why he rages and that's right. Oh yeah. And he, that's the thing is he knows that he knows that Yeah, he's so, he's so anyway, Got it. He's Burr also, playing. the thing I like about Bill Burr too, is yeah. I've always enjoyed a comedian. Jim Brewer is another one. Jim Brewer paints such a great picture he paints a scene when he's doing a a set Mm. bill burr has over time instead of just having a tight act he's he does these bits where he'll just jump into a scene he's acting out a scene with someone that's not there that's not there and he's he's very good at he is uh, i think he became yeah and he like kudos like that guy can act like he i won't say anything about stand-up but he does this thing and he he plays another person, which he does all the time, but this one specifically. And, uh, and you're just like, like, it's as if he is this, this other character. He's, he's phenomenal, man. He's so, so good. I think he's 
amazing. So, um, so I will ask you a question. Now we ask you. Now we ask you. Marissa told me. Would you give a fuck? What kind of pants the son of a bitch you shot you was wearing? I just assigned that to my class last week uh, to do my cousin Vinny. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. E, E, if you're listening to this, that's my best friend, and she still hasn't seen it. And I'm like, I will buy it for you. <laughs> you need to see it's it. It's a good movie. <laughs> it is a good movie. We watched it the other night. It was funny. Uh, it, it holds up. So anyway, um, there's a question that I ask uh, the folks that uh, meet me through the internet. That sounds really dark and dirty. Um, <laughs> I know none of them are coming here. So, <laughs> so there's a question and uh, or a segment of my show that is called "The Feather in Your Cap." And by "feather in your cap," I mean something that you've learned, that you've taken with you, that has maybe served you in your life, uh, that may serve you in the future, or an achievement. Um, you know the gist. You hear me talk about feathers in your caps all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have one that comes to mind that you'd be willing to share with those viewing and listening? Me, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, just do I have good advice? Uh, I don't know if it's advice. Something that works for you. A feather in your cap. Something that I could give to people that would help them. I, w- I would say two things. Uh, one, yeah. Yeah, I love it too. I I tried to say two and then, go ahead, I'm sorry. One, do, do not waste any of your time. Any of it. Don't waste any of your time doing things other people want you to do. Hmm. Because it's a huge waste. And the thing is, I'm not saying don't try new things. But if you're in your thirties and you've always wanted to be a musician and you never have like, why? And if there's a reason, find out the reason and then go learn how to play some music. Or if it's, you know, uh, your family wanted you to be a teacher, but you didn't want to be a teacher. You wanted to be an accountant. So why are you a teacher? Go be an accountant. Like don't, don't let other people try to talk you into having the life they see for you have the life you want for yourself it's hugely important and i don't think anybody um really gets any credit for it you know when i was a kid they said don't be an artist because if you're an artist you'll always be poor which is bullshit because now and granted the world has changed right graphic design has come in the world's a lot different now, but yeah, when you were, when I was younger, every, I used to love to draw and illustrate and all that stuff. And everybody was like, don't be an artist, man. You're not going to make any money. So I just th- stopped it. Cause it's like, well, this is a waste of time. And I wish I had, cause I used to really enjoy drawing. I used to get real relief and peace out of it. Hmm. Um, and the other thing is don't take any shit. Hmm. I saw, not to go back to Bill Burr, but I saw a meme of him one time, just like frozen in place. Like <laughs> like from one of his stand-up sets, it was like somebody screen capped it and he was just like this. And it just said, don't, uh, just uh, across the top or bottom, it just said, don't take any shit. And I'm almost certain that's him. That's a direct quote from him. But yeah, I mean, it's it's true. Like, don't let people walk all over you. I wish I, I'm still not great at it, but I'm better at it than I used to be, which was, I used to be a doormat. And now 
after I'm a little bit older and you, you learn some things, you kind of learn like, you know, I keep for whatever reason, making excuses for this person. Why is that? It's, there's no reason to make excuses for this person. Did this person do A, B, C, D, E? Yes. Are those bad things? Yes. Why do I associate with this person? Cut those negative people out of your life. People that manipulate you, people that drag you down. Don't take any shit from anybody else and cut them out of your life. It's, it's, it's a good change. No matter what, it's a good change. Sometimes it's hard to do, but it's, it's good. I like that. Thank you. What didn't we talk about? I don't know. What didn't we talk about? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because it's just all day every day. <laughs> so then I, <laughs> so I don't know what we talked about here or what we talked about there. Hey, should I give it to you here? Or should I give it to you there? <laughs> For those of you listening, that was the finger. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, John Joseph, tell people where they can listen to your podcast and where they can get in touch with you when they want to know more about your podcast and all that good stuff. They can listen to my podcast on all major podcast platforms with the exception of Stitcher. I don't know why I'm trying to get it to work. I think uh, mine didn't work on Stitcher for a while. You know what? I think it does now, but yeah, I have to look it up. Maybe yeah. it's on there now. I don't know, okay. but I was having trouble with that, yeah. but it should be anywhere else. Google, Apple, Podbean, Podomatic. And what's the name of your show? <laughs> the name of my show is Spectacular Show. And where else can they... Okay, what were you going to say? Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Spectacular Show Pod. Great. Um, sounds good to me, man. Sounds great to me. <laughs> no, me. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Um, I think... Oh no. Yeah, guys, sorry. I talked to him all day. I don't, I, I it kind of just gets wishy-washy after wishy. It says wishy-washy. Um, <laughs> John Joseph O'Connor. Uh, do you hate that I'm using your real name? No, <laughs> okay. Here. Thank you for being two feet away from me uh, and doing the show and being an awesome, awesome, awesome. I've got that a lot in my life. <laughs> you were You're awesome. the most awesome <laughs> boyfriend. It's like exhaustive and awesome. Exhaust. What did I say? Awesome. I, dude, I awesome. Don't you said awesome. Awesome. Which is not, a, to my knowledge, a word. Now it is. <laughs> Just watch this catch fire. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being an inspiration to me and to other creative people by continuing to try and figure out exactly how you want to live your life and how you want to use your gifts and your talents to help others, to make other people laugh and to leave your mark as you. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here, guys. Thank you for watching and listening. And thank you for supporting all of your, your likes and you guys subscribing to the YouTube channel and your comments. They're so appreciated and they help so much. So if you haven't, please do so. Keep this going. And uh, we love you. We appreciate you. John, peace out. Um, and uh, that was nice. Yeah. He's a nice one. Um, thank you for being here. You're the best. And guys, thank You're you so best. much. You are the best. And we love you. And we will see you guys next week. And look, it's holiday time. Look, there's a little tree. And there's a little... Norm, he's the Christmas hippo, and then we got the the menorah. You know, we're doing the whole the whole thing. So uh, we the love you. The whole spread. 
smorgasbord of religions. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. We will see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye.